Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to a new episode of the Mayor Tom Henry podcast. This is episode number 105, recorded on Thursday, October 26, 2023, from Citizen Square in beautiful downtown Fort Wayne. Now, on today's show, I'm excited to welcome as a very special guest, a person that many of you are familiar with. You may know him as the 33rd mayor of Fort Wayne, serving our city from 1987 to 2000. During his time as mayor, he accomplished many great things that helped to move Fort Wayne forward and set the foundation for progress that we're currently experiencing today. Currently, He's serving as professor at Indiana University in Bloomington and continues to impact the lives of many now, not only in Bloomington, but across our country. I'm honored today to welcome former Mayor Paul Helmke on today's podcast. Mayor Helmke, thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you, Mayor Henry. It's good to good to see you. Good to chat with you. And we don't get to see each other very often. I know when you were as mayor and I was on city council, we saw each other quite frequently. In fact, if I remember, we sneak out once in a while and play some golf together. It's uh, the, 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 those were good days. Enjoyed uh, enjoyed working with you when you're on the council. You were on the council the entire twelve years that I was mayor, and uh, we even did some work together uh, after you left uh, uh, the the council, and and I left the mayor's office. So that was that was fun too. That yeah, was fun. Uh, mayor for for our listeners. Uh, uh, who may not know you uh, very well because you've been uh, away from Fort Wayne for a little bit. Can you share a, a little bit about yourself and your family? Because obviously your family has deep roots in the city and and a very uh, active family politically. Could you share with everyone a little bit about your family and where you grew up and so on? Well, I'm happy to. It's uh, I was uh, family's been from Fort Wayne for for a number of years. Uh, I, I think I came over in the in the wave of German immigrants uh, back in between the 1840s and the 1880s. Uh, settled in Fort Wayne. Uh, uh, my my grandfather uh, was born in Fort Wayne, 1901. Went to uh, um, St. Paul's Lutheran Grade School and then went to to Fort Wayne High School, uh, which became Central, which is now the Anthus Career Center. Um, he went to uh, Indiana University in Bloomington, got his law degree, came back to Fort Wayne, practiced law. He was prosecuting attorney. Uh, he was a uh, city attorney for a number of years under Mayor Balls. He was uh, 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 the, the county Republican chairman for a number of years, uh, tried to run for governor in 1948 in the convention. So um, very active in the community uh, for a number of years. My father, uh, also born in Fort Wayne, also went to St. Paul's uh, Lutheran grade school, went to Northside High School, then uh, Indiana University undergrad, Valpo for law school, came back to Fort Wayne, practiced with my grandfather. He he be, he was prosecuting attorney for two terms and then state senator for a term, ran for Congress in, in 74. Um, I, I was actually born in Bloomington, uh, but uh, the family had always been from Fort Wayne, so I, I was raised in Fort Wayne. Again, St. Paul's Lutheran Grade School, Northside High School, went to IU Bloomington. Uh, you're seeing a pattern here, I guess. We could, <laughs> the uh, I went off to, to Yale for law school, but uh, but came back after graduation because I wanted to work with my my grandfather who was still alive uh, and, and he stayed alive for a couple of years and with my father in the law firm and uh, helped my dad in politics, helped my dad at the law office and. So I came back uh, in 1973. Um, can't believe it's been 50 years since I started practicing law in Fort Wayne, but uh, came back then and uh, 
got involved in the community. I was an assistant county attorney uh, uh, on a lot of nonprofit boards, um, tried running for office in 1980, ran for Congress, got beat in the primary, decided politics wasn't for me. Uh, but then <laughs> then a few years later, the, they, the, the Republicans were looking for someone to run for mayor and put me up against a two-term incumbent who'd been reelected with 74% of the vote and everything went wrong for him and right for me. And I lucked in and got the mayor's job and great job and uh, enjoyed working with you then. Uh, after 12 years as mayor, I, I, I went back, practiced law for a while, went uh, went to D.C. for a few years to run the Brady Center to prevent gun violence. Uh, and then uh, then I got uh, offered a, a chance to teach young people down at IU Bloomington. So I kept my house in Fort Wayne all those years, but was teaching down in Bloomington. Uh, after my after both of my parents passed, we we finally sold the Fort Wayne house, and my my permanent residence is at Lake James now. But I I, I get back to Fort Wayne regularly and uh, get the Fort Wayne papers and love following what's going on and seeing the progress the city's making. Well, as I said a few minutes ago, Paul, uh, certainly much of what you did as mayor helped set the foundation for for where we're at today. As a matter of fact. Uh, let's take a quick step back in time during your tenure as mayor. Now, as I mentioned, you were elected in 1987 and you served for 12 years. Mm -hmm. uh, Fort Wayne was definitely a different city at that time. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I believe that probably one of your biggest accomplishments was your active stand on annexation. And, mm -hmm. and unquestionably to me, if, if we had not annexed aggressively, at that time, much of what we experience now uh, would not have been possible. But I'm uh, that that's my impression. What, what do you think was uh, was one or, or several of your biggest accomplishments? Right. In and, your time and, and looking back, actually, at the time and, and looking back, I, I think annexation was one of the major things that we were able to accomplish. And it wasn't just me. I needed uh, your help, city council's help. Uh, uh, to, to get this done. But uh, when I started as mayor, the city's population was maybe 170,000. Um, and, uh, you know, now we're at what, 260, 270, something like that. Right. And, um, you know, it's, I, I'd originally wanted to look at uh, combining city and county government, doing something like Indianapolis had done or Lexington, Kentucky had done, a, uh, you know, something to be more efficient. I, I'd worked with county government, knew how that worked. And I thought, you know, it, it didn't make sense the way we did things that got blocked in the legislature. So my my fallback position, and I'd said this during the campaign, was I was going to try to annex uh, as many of the adjacent suburbs that had been developed and were really part of Fort Wayne as I could. So we we annexed much of St. Joe Township my first term and much of Pine Valley area my second term. And then third term, we took on a boy, much of a boy township, which was uh, uh, a big chunk of people, but uh, all of these were challenges. Uh, they were controversial. People uh, had signs out about me and uh, <laughs> uh, pickets and protests with me. Uh, uh, people tried to stop it in the legislature and in the courts, but I felt that it, it the, I felt it was important for the city boundary lines to reflect the economic and demographic reality of our community. And I felt that that was necessary to make us a stronger community. And I, I, I think it's paid off. It um, it increased the population from, like I said, 160, uh, 160,000, about 260,000, 270,000 now. Um, that's increased the tax base uh, for the city and allowed the city to do more things. But I think even more important than the taxes, it, it's made the people that live in the suburbs feel that they're part of the city. They want to invest in the city. They want to see the city do well. And uh, they they care about the city. And, and really, you know, it's 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 
you know, you compare us to what's happened with the, the cities that were about the same size as sizes us back when we were both of us were growing up. And, you know, Gary has fallen to under 90,000 people. Evansville and South Bend are about the same size. They've always been. We're the one city there, along with Indianapolis, that's been growing and, and thriving. And and, uh, and I think that's because of annexation. Well, I, I totally agree with you. And as a matter of fact, I tried to follow in your footsteps a little bit a number of years ago and tried a massive annexation out north, northwest. And unfortunately, uh, a council did not see eye and you know, die with me and, and, and turn my request down. And because of changes now in state law, yeah. it's uh, increasingly difficult to annex. So- yeah, the, the legislature's made it uh, a lot harder. And, and, and that's why... You know, we had a window of opportunity back in the 90s. And uh, if we hadn't taken advantage, taken advantage of it, you know, just think where we'd be. We'd be a city of about 150, 160,000 people be, you know, wouldn't be focusing on the downtown and the the the, the overall uh, the broader community. I, I, I think that's crucial. I, I, I totally agree. Uh, you and I have always seen, uh, uh, again, eye to eye on what growth means to a city and how if you don't grow that that puts you uh in a very vulnerable position mm-hmm. but let's move a little bit now on uh, into your position currently as i mentioned earlier you're uh, I, I, I could i could still i could still talk about a few other things we did as mayor just <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's uh, it, 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 i wanted to bring up just a couple other things just because well, sure. into, into what's been going on now um you know it, the other major thing I think we took care or dealt with was, you know, before I became mayor, it, it seemed like every other year we were fighting floods constantly. And oh, yes. uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the major floods, uh, floods in the early eighties, uh, you know, when president Reagan came out and, and then the city that saved itself. But, but when I started, uh, you know, we were having floods still every couple of years or so we, we, we hadn't really done anything permanent long range to deal with the floods. So we 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 did get uh, finally work something out to get the uh, uh get the 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 levees raised uh to acquire land to build headwaters park um all as a flood fighting measure. And I I think that's a you know we've turned from having this the, the rivers as our enemy to the rivers as our friend. And uh, but we couldn't make them our friend until we stopped them from flooding every year. So I was very happy with that. And, you know, to to develop Headwaters Park and be proud of that as as both an asset for downtown as well as a flood fighting measure. And then to see what's happened with Promenade Park, I think it shows that it's a step at a time to to make progress with these things. The other part of, of the downtown, just real quick, is I wanted to start really making sure downtown was revitalized. And, and part of that was uh, increasing the beauty. Uh, we did Courthouse Green. Uh, Midtown Crossing was the first residential development downtown. Uh, right. we, we laid the groundwork for the Grand Wayne Center expansion. And all those are things that uh, that have been built on since then. And again, you know, every time I get uh, get get into downtown, I'm amazed at, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not real good at directions and I use visual clues and all the visual clues have changed, it seems like. But uh, <laughs> but, it, but I think it's because we focused, again, turning the rivers into our friends and, and working on bringing people downtown, making downtown more attractive. So I, I just wanted to put a plug in that. And at the same time, one of my areas of focus was always the neighborhoods. And, you know, we started community-oriented governments, strengthening the neighborhood right. associations, doing the quadrants. And I'm I'm very happy to see that a lot of that is still continuing. You know, you're, you're right, Paul. I, I had forgotten that it was under your administration that the community-oriented policing really took off in the development of the quadrant system. Mm-hmm. 
But that's, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, unquestionably, that brought us closer to the neighborhoods. And, you know, to this day, you know, the quadrants are still in place. They still meet on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. So th- thank you for doing that. That certainly made uh, uh, my job easier. Uh, the We uh, we try to stay very active with uh, communication with the neighborhoods that we have in our community. A lot of people don't realize that we have over 400 neighborhoods in the city now. Now, mm-hmm. granted, not all of them are active, but uh, they're all still given an opportunity to interface with uh, our elected officials and with my administration on a pretty regular mm-hmm. basis. And so it all goes back to, again, your uh, thinking that there there had to be a better way of communicating with our neighborhoods. So you developed mm-hmm. that whole quadrant system. So yeah, thank you for that, Paul. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you and the council were, were a big part of that. And, and I know when we did the tax diversification, bringing in the income tax, I'm sure that would have happened sooner or later anyway, but again, very controversial at the time, but to do that and return a lot of those dollars in effect directly back to the neighborhoods or through the council members to the neighborhoods right. for, for improvements was important. Now, I don't want to talk anymore about what you've done, what you did as mayor, because quite frankly, I've been taking credit for a lot of it. So <laughs> we uh, we'll go on to another subject. OK, no, no problem. Uh, no, I, it's, it's easy to fall into the good. Into, into, <laughs> and I don't want to sound like an old geezer. So I <laughs> know. Seriously, Mayor, you uh, unquestionably, as I mentioned in my introduction, you uh uh, your work as mayor certainly sent, uh, set the foundation for a lot of what we do today. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, whether it was uh, our, my predecessor, Mayor Richard, or myself, uh, and we we definitely stand on your shoulders in a number of areas. So, again, publicly, I want to thank you for that. Well, thanks. Um, and I, I think that's a sign of a strong city because I build on what Mayor Moses and Mayor Armstrong, Mayor Lemoff, and, and others did too, so... And I think that's part of our our job is to do exactly that. Take what's there and build on it and pass it on to the next to the next administration or to the next generation. And I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think uh, a, a lot of the mayors in, in recent history uh, have, have have done exactly that, build upon what they were given and, and be able to pass on something that's uh, uh, constructive for for the next uh, next generation. So. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of the next generation, as I started to say earlier, uh, you're currently a professor at Indiana University in Bloomington, uh, which is a a big switch from being mayor of a city. Uh, How was life going as a professor? Well, it's a it it, it, it was a little bit of a change. Yeah, I bet it was. (laughs) The uh, and I I I I decided obviously I like to talk. Um, So (laughs) you know, you talk as a lawyer, as mayor, as a advocate, uh, but uh, it so it gives me a chance to talk. The um, part of it was I I realized you know after having been mayor, after having uh, dealt with the gun violence issue, that there was only so much I could do as an individual, but that if if there was a way to inspire, encourage uh, younger people uh, uh, to to get out there and do more, that's a way to multiply efforts. So uh, when I had the opportunity to, to teach it at, um, at IU Bloomington. Uh, 
uh, and, and I teach law and policy classes to undergrads, uh, but I also direct a, a program for first-year undergrads called the Civic Leaders Center. Uh, it's students from all majors uh, that, that want to make a difference in the world. Uh, you know, So they live together. They take classes from me or other professors at the O'Neill School down here. I bring in speakers uh, twice a week for them to listen to. Uh, and, and hopefully teach, you know, give them that spark, that interest, uh, uh, that um, the, the the skills they need to go out and make a difference in their in their communities. And, you know, a lot of them want to go to D.C. or a lot of them want to be uh, overseas. But I always stress, you know, go back to your hometowns, too. That's where you can make a difference and make a difference quickly. So it's uh, it, it, it's been, you know, and I'm inspired and encouraged by these young people Uh I think they've they've gone past a lot of sort of the prejudices and hangups that uh, the, that our generation and others have had, or you know they they've got more energy than uh, than than I have as as much anymore. But they want to make a difference, and and I think that's exciting. Now the one part that I've had the hardest part, what the hardest thing for me is is grading. Um, and I decided it's uh, it's because, you know, as a politician, we want the public to like us. You know, you want their votes, you want their encouragement. And I, you know, and then when I give a, a student a low grade, I thought, well, why am I doing this? But I want to encourage I, I, you know, I, my students get pretty good grades, but I want to encourage them to do better. But the, the grading is the part that gets on my nerves the most. That that has to be difficult. I, I've had the opportunity to, to uh do some instructing in various classes over the years. And I've always felt that that had to be the most difficult part of being a professor or being an instructor is having to issue grades. And I wish there was another way to measure, but I'm not sure uh, how many tools are out there that are available to, to find out whether or not a a student is, is performing as they should. Yeah. you know, Mayor, one of the things that that I really appreciated uh, about you over the years uh, was your uh, grassroots effort in, in trying to address gun violence in our country. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you did serve as president and CEO over the Brady Center and the Brady Campaign for, to prevent gun violence. And obviously, uh, the... Um, the news recently involving mm-hmm. the the mass shooting in, in Maine mm-hmm. really brings it back to the forefront again. Uh, and I know we could probably talk all morning on mm-hmm. that. And I think you and I are in many cases uh, in, in the in the same class when it comes to our deep concern uh, about gun violence in our community and and, and what can be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, why was why was getting involved in this initiative though so important to you? Yeah, it's a. Uh, I've always been interested and concerned about gun violence in this country. I, I, I remember when I was starting high school, one of my best friends uh, got shot in the back, and I, I heard about it on the on the evening news. Uh, and he got shot in the back because uh, another friend was with him at uh, somebody else's house. They found the gun. Uh, they thought the gun was unloaded and they wanted to scare Scott and uh, an eighth of an inch. And either way, he would have either been dead or paralyzed. Uh, he's had that bullet in his body all his life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that that shook me up as well as what was going on in the world back in the, in the 60s. Uh, um, when I became mayor uh, in when I, you know, first day of mayor in January 1 of 88. And, and again, you were on the council. Then we were we were seeing a lot of crime in the city, uh, drugs and gangs and crack cocaine. Uh, 
uh, we're, 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 we're causing a rise in crime. And, you know, as mayor, you want to try to do something about it. And I remember I pushed to uh, hire more police officers and get take-home cars and deal with the faith-based community, deal with the, uh, the neighborhood associations. But one of the things I learned was how weak or non-existent the gun laws were in our state and our country. Mm-hmm. And so back then, I, I backed the Brady Bill to require background checks. I backed the so-called assault weapon ban to get some of these weapons of war off the street. Uh, you know, and this this is after hearing from the police chief and my from the, my police command would see what they were seeing. And, uh, you know, so I a lot of it, I tell people I came to this as a law and order issue. Uh, you know, we want to make our city safer and uh, more guns does not make us safer, particularly the kinds of guns they have now. So through that, though, I, I, I did news conferences with I got to meet Jim and Sarah Brady, did news conferences uh, not only here and I'm um, not only in Fort Wayne, but in Indianapolis and in D.C., Got involved with the U.S. Conference of Mayors and the National League of Cities and in, in um, supporting uh, some of these national measures. And, uh, you know, I, I felt it was important, uh, you know, that gun violence doesn't stop at the city boundary line. Uh, the, these guns are trafficked. And uh, so after I left office and, and practiced law for a few years, uh, they were looking for somebody to run the Brady organization. And they contacted me. And um, it was an issue that was important to me then and still is today. Um, and I wanted to do my part to try to try to bring some sanity to this issue. It's a, uh, it's, it's not, uh, you know, where nobody's trying to take everybody's guns away. It's a, uh, it's just that having more guns in more places with uh, more people who oftentimes don't know the risks and responsibilities of guns uh, just makes all of us less safe. And, and again, I want to thank you. I know you were part of the mirrors against illegal guns group, uh, uh, have been a part of that, that mayor Bloomberg formed and, right. and others, I, you know, but uh, again, like you said, this, this latest incident just shows that, uh, more guns uh, doesn't make us safer. It makes us less safe. And we, we need to do something about it. Well, th- thank you, Mayor. That that uh, you said in just a few words what needs to be said uh, nationally. Uh, I, uh, I I'm particularly concerned about the weapons of war that are now so easily accessible uh, in, in almost every community. I've never quite understood why people had to. Uh, own AK-47s or AR-15s. Uh, you know, uh, I, I was in the service and I know what those weapons can do uh, and why people feel like they need to have them for everyday use uh, mm-hmm. or to display them. Uh, uh, I it, it still confuses me to this day. But nevertheless, that's, yeah. a, again, that's a, a discussion that uh, we could have uh, some morning and spend the whole morning mm-hmm. on. Um Okay, switching back to public service, uh, obviously, uh, you you had a number of years in public service, not only as mayor, but in other capacities as well. Uh, A lot of young people listen to this podcast, and uh, what type of advice would would you give to someone who's considering a career in public service or wanting to get involved in the community? Yeah, it's a uh, you know I I strongly encourage everyone who is, has any interest to get to get more involved. And first of all, it's important to everyone. Um, you know, and and everyone needs the. We're all part of a community, and whether it's voting or uh, volunteering, uh, we we just need more people to get out there. Um, you know, it's the people. 
You know, I, I hear people complaining about gerrymandering or voter suppression. Well, the, the the biggest way that votes are suppressed is convincing people that it doesn't make a difference and that they don't count. So it's a, uh, you know, I really want people to get involved, and a lot of it is just showing up. Um, and I, 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 I'm sure you know this too. I, when I've had campaigns, it's uh, you know somebody walks in and wants to volunteer. Hey, you, you know we need those people. And if if someone is 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 interested in making a difference uh, in a political campaign, in an advocacy campaign, on an issue basis, you know, uh, volunteer with that organization. There, there, you know, whether it's environmental organizations or uh, dealing with uh, fiscal and uh, issues, immigration issues, whatever. There are groups out there, and they are all hungry looking for people and uh young people especially can make a difference uh in every time i was in dc a couple of weeks ago with about eight ninety of my students and uh you know dc is run by uh, uh to a great degree by people in the ages 25 to 35 who work on the hill work in the advocacy groups work in the think tanks you know you can go out there and make a difference you can go back to your the hometown i, I know when I was married, I'm, I'm sure it's still the day, uh, you know, it, it's when someone comes along and gets a job there uh, at an early age uh, with, you know, within a couple of years, they can help, you know, be in charge of a lot of the, a lot of the decisions that are, that are going on. And, uh, you know, it's just that uh, you can make a difference, but you need to step up and the world's about more than just ourselves and our bank accounts and in, 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 and in our families, it, it's really the broader community. And, and I just encourage individuals think beyond yourself. Boy, that you've said a mouthful there, Mayor. It's uh, it's so true. And you know, the median age for politicians or uh, or people in public service can, is continuing to go up. Uh, so we need to embrace the young people in our community, get them more involved in boards and commissions and and committees, and get them uh, involved in campaigns and the like. Because uh, uh, you know, you're right that they're the next ones in, in line to take over. And the sooner they get acclimated to what it takes to to run municipal government or state government, the more equipped we're going to be to handle the challenges of the future. So mm -hmm. uh, very well said. Well, gosh, I could I could talk to you all morning, but uh, unfortunately, uh, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> well. Well, this this has been fun. We we didn't have podcasts when I was there. So, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so glad to see you're embracing the new technology and the new communication methods. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing the best I can. Uh, and thanks so much for talking with me today, Mayor. I I know I speak for many Fort Wayne residents uh, that we really do appreciate all that you did for our city and your efforts. that are actually quite quite frankly still being felt today. I do wish you and and your family uh, the best. Uh, and I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in today, too. Uh, it's another great day in the city of Fort Wayne. Let's keep our momentum going. This is Mayor Tom Henry, and we'll see you again soon. <laughs>